is that the Pokestops were being put in like people's backyards and shit. Oh yeah, like, I to where some people were like, "Why is there thirty kids in my backyard right now, just all staring at their phones?" Like people were getting freaked out. I mean, yeah, most of the, those old people don't know what's going on yeah. with the Pokemon. I mean, I just started because of my <laughs> right. kid. I I see people in my backyard. And I'm like, "What the hell y'all doing here?" I man? wouldn't be happy. No. I'd be like, "You can get that Pidgey somewhere else." It's Inner Drip with Jafet and David Boyd. And we've got an awesome guest today. DJ Beasley in the biz. What's thanks up, for man? coming. Yeah, thanks for coming and hanging out with us for a little bit. Oh yeah, excited to be here. Hell yeah, in the studio. What you been up to lately, man? I hadn't seen you since... Uh, pickleball, since, right? Since Pickleball. This is one of our Pickleball homies for you listeners. Man, uh, actually just scoping out other places to play Pickleball at, to be honest. Dude, nice. It's so addictive. Uh, do you find yourself addicted to Pickleball? Uh, I I look forward to it every Monday. Bro, so it's, much, bro. And if we get to play on Sundays and Tuesdays, even better. Yo, so much, bro. And we just dove deep into it this year right yeah um, we've only been playing for a few months yeah but dude it's it's definitely the highlight of my mondays through tuesdays for me because i'm working all day bro mm-hmm. and i'm the stress of it and then i go to something that i'm decent at you know you get that like you get that dopamine hit from like the pickleball so i dig it man oh yeah and every person i've introduced it to and my friend Brendan and his kids, it's like, you play one or two games and you're hooked. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm ready. Can we play tomorrow, too? Like, I want to tell more people about it. Like, my uncle, he's really big into it now. So, yeah. It's very quick to pick up on. Yeah. I think that's part of its appeal. <laughs> like, Dude, we're, so we've discussed having, like, here, like, next year and the year after next, our goal is to, like, have, like, a mini pickleball tournament like our own mini mm-hmm. t- pickleball tournament you know the one thing we need to do is i see is we need to branch out i'm glad we're going to other places to or we need to go to other places mm-hmm. to to meet new people you know so For we sure. can invite them to the you know we'll have you dj the thing right bro that'd be that'd be hopping bro I know I've I've got a set put together that I was hoping to play at a Halloween party, but everything got rained out this year. So yeah, I got one ready. You got one on, yeah, uh, ready to go. Uh, you got it in the chamber, ready. Yeah, to clack, clack, clack. I'm gonna get some pickle Rick samples to mix up in there, and hey, you know. that'd be fire. What nice. about if you could? What about if you record us hitting like the pickleball? Oh, dude, and you you in, you put that into like the like the. You, oh yeah! Like you use it as like a snare type effect. Dude, oh yeah, that'd be yeah. fresh, bro. Yeah, yeah. Have y'all ever seen these dudes? And like, they'll pick this random sound and then they'll dub it down, or then they'll 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 put the key up and they'll make it into like the part of the drum. Yeah, oh, yeah. so talented, yeah. bro. I have seen that, and and actually, uh, Od Astro he does that? does that on some of That's his tracks up. as well. I've seen him, very, and very man, cool. it's it's wild to watch somebody work which i'm glad you brought that up because i did didn't know that you dj'd how long have you been doing that oh let's see i mean i've been let's say youtube djing before i ever got a mixer like since like college where i would get like i would get like two browsers going 
and I'd have two YouTube songs playing. And just would, manually slide no, it. That's well, probably harder. I, I, yeah, it was hard. Because you got to time it right. Yeah, yeah. It's like you have to be like perfect with it. And people would see me doing that. I would be at parties like YouTube DJ, and they're like, dude, what the hell? We thought you were back here with a mixer and stuff, and you're just like timing it perfect with the volume on this side and then the volume and then having to pause. at the, Like, how the fuck? That's and cool. then I, I got my first mixer, though. So I moved to Nashville in 2013 i moved in with two djs in nashville and that's when i got my first mixer i did my first show uh in 2016 in murfreesboro so i've done i've done a few shows at venues in uh nashville and a few bars and stuff like that but yeah now that i'm back in jackson i've been scoping out different areas that would be the first uh first edm show in jackson in quite a while I yeah think the last time i heard of one was green light was it Greenlight Green, Festival? I, I heard about that one. Was that that was at a? I was out at like a field, right? Yeah. So not like a bar, or like no, it wasn't. Said. It wasn't a venue. It was just like a kind of festival thing mm-hmm. that they had. I think I went to it one time, and then Gilbert went to it a bunch of times, bro. He's That's the one a, that put me on it. Okay, um, but I don't think they do it anymore. Um, did you ever uh, go to the Greenlight? No, dude. It was like this. Um, it was called the Greenlight Festival, and it was going towards uh. It's going towards South Jackson, if I remember right. Okay. And um, and yeah, it was just artistic people. You could find crafty people making stuff too. It was very small, and they had, you know, dance music. Yeah. They had all that types of music. So, I, yeah, I think there's. I don't know if there's a market here for it because I've never explored. I do think it. there's a market for it, and I've actually got a couple people I could link you up with that yeah, are in the sure. same kind of uh mindset mm-hmm. uh, i know somebody in particular that has like actively sought out trying to find a good spot yeah. uh, to dj a, a party because i know i've got like 10 15 maybe 20 people in jackson and if i can link up with other people that got the same amount like i was talking to my friend gordon at hub city brewery and uh he's like yeah man if you can get 300 people here like that'd be that'd be a good show for us that's so. doable yeah, yeah, because yeah, they had a they had a gothic show not too long. Oh, ago. Oh, dude, like, uh, yeah, we were we were there before the show, right? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, if that is doing it done well, why wouldn't other types of music? There's got to be some EDM kids here in town that are just like, man, it's 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 cool going to see shows in Memphis and Nashville, but I wish we didn't have to drive that far to mm-hmm. see this kind of music. Yeah. So I mean. I mean, I'm I'm 38 years old, and I'm still like, I mean, I've been hooked on EDM since like high school when I first heard Prodigy smack my bitch up. Like I've been <laughs> I've been hooked on electronic music ever since that moment. So this is you knew it was for you. Oh yeah, that was like you. the most hype song before a football game. Yeah. That like I'll never forget like senior year when I got to like play the music before the games. It's like all right, you know what DJ's playing? He's all about that. So I've got a question for you on that. Uh, can you describe kind of the difference and overlap between DJing and producing? Uh, let's see. Well, DJing, I mean, you can actually, you can do like a a DJ set where you're actually doing like live production with it. Let's say you've got your mixer up there and you're mixing in different tracks, but you can also have a launch pad to where you can be doing like live loops and stuff like that like a lot of people are incorporating that into their sets these days but like actually producing is one when let's say you're in your lab your studio and you're like using uh like your DAWs. that's the programs 
like there's different like ableton is the one i use um when you're actually doing like sound production and you're doing it like the first three seconds of a song and then like you know it might take you an hour to get that first sound right for the first three seconds so it's a lot of like repetition when you're producing but uh like actually djing is the part where you're performing in front of the crowd yeah. and ha- having the most fun yeah i've watched a documentary on a couple of djs and they say that um they oh most djs start producing first before and then you produce your own music because you're mixing it together and Mm -hmm. it might be somebody else's sample but you're still producing it into it Mm -hmm. you're changing different octaves you're you know you're you're going into it and you're dissecting it and putting it back together doesn't matter if it's already been put together you're cutting it up you're breaking it up again so art sometimes i've learned that like art it might not be like the thing you invented but it might be something that's already out there but then you bring it back and you and you tear it up a little bit and then you make it your own so like Mm -hmm. most of those djs like um they'll produce it and then the live the djing the live is like the final cut of it Mm -hmm. because they've already done all the producing behind it yeah and they they go out and they do these that's why it's that that like view that people think that djs just hit buttons right right you don't understand you don't you're seeing the final product you're seeing like beyonce you're not seeing beyonce in in the or whoever ed sharon you're not seeing them in the studio hearing the music and writing the lyrics down like but what are you seeing you're you're paying to see them perform the whole song completely Exactly. You're not seeing the producing or the or the writing perspective of a song that DJs do have it. You know, I'm not saying that. No, there's these DJs that already get like a you know set play. Already might download it from somewhere else that somebody has, but they might be just starting. You know, they mm-hmm. might just be starting. But yeah, those DJs get called out too. I see on like Instagram where somebody will just go up on a set and literally just hit play. It's like a pre-recorded set yeah. where they're not even mixing it. No. And so that's just like, uh, that's kind of cutting a and lot of And it's filling the crowd but, too, but, right? But yeah, they're still like selling tickets and like sometimes it'll be like a hot female. So it's yeah. like, I don't care what she's doing up there. The music sounds good. She's hot. Yeah. Like we're yeah. partying, like whatever. But like the true like producers, like it'll call that out and stuff. But yeah, you know, there's DJs that'll produce their own songs. Uh, let's see. But almost every DJ, you never fully play like a like only your own music. You go to a DJ show and stuff. Like they're always going to be mixing in their friends' mm-hmm. tracks or yeah. like the hottest tracks out there. But um, but then there's some DJs that are like mashup DJs to where they don't produce they don't produce their own music. They just take like the hottest tracks out there right now. What, and girl then just, talk? You ever listen to girl, girl talk? Girl talk is a, yeah, would yeah. be a mashup DJ. So it's like, they didn't really make any of this music. They just put it together in a way that nobody's heard before. It's yeah. like, like an outcast yeah. lyrics with what, like some like seventies rock song or something, so, but he makes it sound good. So, so we have a homie that, uh, Jay, yeah. he's on, he's on one of the podcasts and he, um, that's one of his hidden talents that I, I didn't know much about. Um, but he released he released what a, a, a two two, two mixes or no sorry 
two set lists. Yeah, and yeah. um, and that's what he did. And dude, they they sound so good, bro. It's like he introduced. I've heard them before too. Like you know, take other DJ, and that's in a way that's fucking cool as hell. Right, because right. Half of the time, those songs sound better than the original. Right. You know, yeah. so proud too. But there's work behind it too. Like yeah, you, you've yeah. got to know which song is gonna hit right with the mm-hmm. vocals or mm-hmm. or vibrate. You know. Um, right. So I've got a question for you. Um. So when you have you ever experienced you going to DJ and you walk in and you feel the crowd and you realize that the the set list that or the songs that you have to play um don't fit in with the crowd and you have to how do you do how, what <laughs> oh my god yeah like I've played uh like a bar and grill before for like a Halloween party I think this is back in either 2018 2019 and the manager of the bar like love the type of like edm like heavy bass dubstep type stuff he's like yeah man we're gonna book you for a halloween party but there was probably only not that many people there that night that were there for that like everybody else was just like i guess used to the regular like vibe of the bar so at the beginning of the set like i came out swinging and stuff like it 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 was bumping pretty hard at the beginning i remember this table of women sitting at the front they're like what in the hell is going on like why is this loud bass music just like but i didn't i i never let's see i i didn't stray from the set i had so, so like three or four songs in they like started getting the vibe of it they're like oh, okay this isn't too bad like okay and like midway through the set they were like oh my god this is really cool like start ordering shots ha- having a good time but uh yeah i have dj so that was like a like a curated set i put together but i have dj like uh let's say volleyball tournaments in murfreesboro uh where we're at like a poolside and stuff like that. And it's kind of like casual stuff. And like, yeah, if somebody comes up and they're like, Hey, can you play this song? Like, yeah, I'll do my best to like try to mix that in. But times when I've got like a, where I've put a lot of time together on a set, like I usually just play it all the way through and whether you like it or not, like, yeah. How much improvisation is happening live? Uh, let's see. I guess it depends. Like I said, like if it's a curated set where I've, put a lot of time into like this song plays really well into this next song. Um, usually not too, I mean with the effects, I mean, sometimes on the fly I'll, I'll practice like a whole set. And then like you're saying that night, I'm like in the moment, I'm like, well, I I was thinking this, but the way the crowd's going right now, they either need like a pick me up or Mm -hmm. it's getting way too hype right now. Let me slow it down a bit. Um, but yeah, and then you've got all your effects on your board too. So that's like a cool thing. Like I've never, I never practice like, like the way I go through a set practicing it, I never use the same effects twice. So whether I practice it three times with these effects on the songs, like the way I'm going to do it in front of a audience, it's always going to be different because I'm, I'm in a different mood, a different vibe, like Cause with my mixer, I've got like 50 different effects that have like all types of different like, uh, intensities to them. So, so I've watched this movie growing up. I watched this movie, Zach Afron. He, uh, 
he's uh he's oh that's a, a good one dude and that taught me so much about like that's a really djing about like how to build build the crowd up we, we are your friends we are your friends bro. such a good movie such is that the name movie. of the movie we are your friends dude, oh man such a good movie it's like exactly the vibe of like a guy that doesn't know anything about DJing to headlining like one of the biggest festivals ever. Yeah, like, and it and it shows the production. Yeah, like yeah, it shows like the production of him, you know, and then learning how to work it, bro. Because it's it's different doing it in your room and in your own thing than like going in front of somebody and working a a, a five thousand people crowd. You right, know, right. To, to power to like some DJs are like, dude. I guess that's where they they get like the feel of like the highness of like being able to control like the crowd like that, yeah. you know? Yeah, I've done it in front of I mean, I've done shows where it's like 15 people there. I've done it where there's like 350 to 400 people there. I've never done it in front of like thousands yeah, of yeah, people. Yeah. But I mean, but it's yeah, your goal, right? But yeah, when you got like a room packed to the brim and people are feeling it and they're just like you can see people just head banging and just having the best time ever. It's, it's a good feeling to know that you're like yeah, putting that, that on for them. Imagine an energy perspective. All that energy is going towards you, bro. Right. Like you're feeling that energy, bro. Like that good vibe energy. So I have a question. What? Who? Uh? How did? You, first of all, where are you from? Where you? Where were you born? I am born and raised here in Jackson, Tennessee. Okay, so you're a fellow Jacksonian. Yep. Um, and how did you, or who influenced you into getting into music? Was it a family member? Was it? Oh, uh, let's see. Hmm. I mean, since I can remember, I mean, ever since I got my first like Walkman. Yeah. I guess. You didn't have any family. For me, it was. It's gonna sound weird, but for me, it was a church. So yeah, I started playing guitar in church because oh, like, yeah. it was, hey, you want to join the choir? And I didn't want to sit in church and be bored. I was like, why? Cool, I can learn an instrument and play music and it makes church go by real quick. I didn't and, know that was where you started guitar. Yeah, dude. And um, and I started with like, started like like everybody else does with the pick and everything. And I played, I learned the chords, learned a little bit about music theory through that. And then... I went to another church where I had this American guy that was in the Navy, and he played the classical guitar with his hands, bro. And, like, he saw me, and he was like, dude, you're really good, but what you need to do is you need to drop that pick. And I was like, no, why? The pick is what gives it the feeling. He was like, no, I'm going to teach you how to play hand. So I got a nylon string guitar, um, a classical guitar built, and he taught me how to play. So, like, when I would play, I'd stop playing with picks. I would pick it with my hand, or I would strum it with my, with my fingers. Yeah. Um, do you still got that guitar? I do, man. I still got it. It's kind of bust up a little bit, but when I make it in life and I make a lot of money, I'm gonna rebuild it. Um, and nice. I'm gonna just frame it up, bro. Um, I still got some of my music equipment at home that I don't use anymore. Um, but that's how I started with music. Um, and and hearing my mom, my mom was my mom could sing really good, so like. During Christmas parties or stuff like that, I would always hear her saying, "It's like mm-hmm. she kind of influenced me on like that perspective of music too." And then the church did, and then from the church, I just picked it up and did it in my room. Never got pretty serious about it. I thought that was gonna be my outlet to life. Yeah, you were good at it. I was decent at it. I don't think I was good enough to compete with. I say I wasn't. I'm always hard on myself, but I I don't. I say I wasn't. Um, it just. My problem was back then too. I'm so caught up in like the the glorifying of doing something 
that I might have been too driven of like not enough people telling me I was good mm. that I was like, fuck it. And then my life happened and shit happened that like I realized with this stuff now and reading other important people that have done cool things is like you do it for yourself first. Right. And then the rest will come along the way. The money will come. The the audience will come. He said, but you got to do it for yourself, not the other way around. Start it to get, do it for the crowd and the money yeah. first. So that's where I, I realized. And my plan is when I when I make it big, dude, I'm going to, if God gives me permission, that's who I believe in. Um, I want to build a warehouse, bro. Like where... I, or a, a a studio apartment, bro. We're like, I'm doing. Got a little spot for music. I got a little spot for painting. I got a little spot for you know photography. And I'm just bouncing back and forth from like multiple artistic outlets. Oh, that'd be um, super cool. So I haven't gave it up yet. You know, I still mm-hmm. I still dab a little bit when I'm you know I ain't, I got time. I'll sit down. I'll play the guitar. You know, I'll play the piano a little bit. But right now, life is so crazy. And I got other things that call my attention that I don't have that much, you know, time to do that. I feel you. Yes, sir. And I definitely know what you mean by like when somebody like compliments you on your craft, like, wow, that's really good, Jafat. Like you, you should do something. How much of a confidence boost oh, dude, that so gives you much. to do maybe 10 times more work into it than yep. you would otherwise. But mm-hmm. at the same time, yeah, doing it for yourself first. Yeah. So that begs the question too, then, uh, when did you go from just doing this in your room? Cause you liked it to doing it in front of people. Uh, let's see. So 2016 was the first year I, I actually rented out a club, uh, in Murfreesboro, uh, for a birthday party. Nice. Yeah. So your we birthday had, or somebody else's, uh, somebody else's. Okay. So I'd always, uh, I guess that was the quickest way for me to like headline a show. I'm like, well, Absolutely. if I run out the club and I'll get all my friends on it, like obviously I'm going to headline it. So, um, so yeah, the first show I ever did, I headlined. And, uh, so I say I rented out the club, but it was still open to the public as well. So it was kind of like anybody from off the street, uh, could come in as well. But yeah, that was 2016, uh, January. So it was a good time coming, coming up on eight years then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you start doing any, like your friend's birthday parties at their house or like, or what were, what were uh, the small ha- house, you house parties? Yeah. Yeah. House parties. Yeah. House yeah. parties before that. Yeah. Yeah. Or I would do that. Yeah. I would do house. I mean, I started doing house parties shoot here back in 2012 in Jackson. Okay. But I like, actually had a venue. My first like venue show was 2016. Was, yeah. Okay. Cool. And when did you leave Jackson? Uh, twenty thirteen. Okay, that was Murfreesboro at that point. Uh, let's see. Well, I was living in Nashville, but yeah, we rented out a place in Murfreesboro. Gotcha. gotcha. Mm-hmm. So Nashville, as far as being a place for an upcoming musician in that genre, everybody thinks about it for country, <laughs> country music. music yeah. <laughs> what was your experience like in that regard? Well, yeah, back in 2016, there weren't too many shows. I mean, you might have a show every couple of months, but I mean, now in 2023, I mean, there's, I mean, there's shows every couple of weeks now that are EDM shows. And I mean, there's, there's like EDM DJs downtown on Broadway that are like, there's different like rooftop bars now that you can go hear EDM like every weekend now. 
it might be like top 40 stuff like not like the heavy underground stuff that i usually play but i mean you can still like go hear edm in nashville now did you have to so uh in my photography sometimes i have to do like engagement photos that's not what i want to do it's not if, if money wise, if I had the money, I wouldn't do that. That's just not my style. But I have to do tedious things like that to get my name out, um, just to get a little bit more practice and to get a little bit of money in, mm-hmm. you know, to pay for the hobby. Now, did you ever have to do anything like that? Like go to a set that is not dance music or EDM driven? I've never done a set that's not EDM. Cool. No. No. Very cool. I've never done like a wedding party. Or yeah, anything that was like gonna that. be my question. Yeah, you ever because did like I'm not like I'm not a full time DJ. Like I like I've been a real estate agent for the past seven years, and I'm surrounded by full time DJs. Like I said, like when I'm like back when it started, when I was doing like the the YouTube DJing, and it's like all my DJ friends from like a decade ago, they're like, "Wow, like you're you could do this easily. Like you've got the ear for it. You know the right music. You know the right vibe. Like why don't you get a mixer and start like, you know, doing it with us and stuff." So, but I don't play shows like all the time like a lot of people do. But when I when I do put one on, it's best believe it's it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna be hype because cool. I've usually been sitting on some heat for a few months up to up to a year sometimes i mean i've got i've got like a house set ready right now i've got like a deep dub set i've got like a lot of like popular i always have like three or four sets depending on like what kind of show i get asked to play at so next question is you wear a usb uh memory thing on your neck like every other do you have a USB radio? Wait, wait, wait. Is that a thing? Is, I mean, most. So, yeah, I mean, you gotta, most, if you're a DJ and you go to a show, ready, bro. you got to have your thumb drive in your pocket yeah. because you never know when they're going to be like, turn. hey, it's open decks. Is there, or hey, this DJ like yeah. that was going to play, like just canceled. His flight got canceled. Is like, what's it? Diplo? Diplo? He's a, when he pops up on like uh, just random places, mm-hmm. um, he'll ask the crowd, does anybody have their thumb drive? And, yeah. he, and he'll plug it in. And uh, dude, it's he's live in front of like millions of people, bro. So like your, your songs can get exposed, you mm-hmm. know, so you got to be ready. So like I, I, I think I had a homie that wanted to be a DJ and he always carried around his little chain with his little thumb drive oh yeah like, i'm just ready for any time you know that. oh yeah so i mean that was just yeah like, i keep mine in my backpack at all times it's yeah. always in my hey, car that's so cool because <laughs> yeah because most of the like the standard these days are cdjs like those are the controllers that mm-hmm. almost all djs and use it's now. got a usb and right? it's just a usb yeah. because you know growing up it used to be you had to have your mixer you yeah. had to have your laptop you had to have all that yeah. and plug it all together the laptops is in the mixer but now, now everything's just in the thumb drive yeah. you just there's yeah. no screen anymore. It's literally just the decks and a thumb drive. Plug it into the audio, and you go to town. It's a lot more work there, right? To the the pre work is a lot more than you mm-hmm. know because you have to have everything. You can't. Can you? Can you mix? How can you? How can you produce or mix or cut up? Can you cut up on mixers like that? Mm-hmm. Like is yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, but usually what you do uh, when you're putting a set together, you, you put your cues in on the tracks Uh so it's like let's say you know usually my first intro song is always like 0.00 the very beginning of that song let that play in but then you'll you'll find out like all right at a minute 24 
I'll put Q2 there. Then on your next track, you'll find where the best mixing in part, it might be 30 seconds in. So Q1 would be there. So that you set up your hotkeys like that to where whenever you're about to mix in, like that's how you sync them up and stuff like that. But I mean, like I said, if you're feeling different, like, oh, I like that first drop the way I practiced it. But now I'm feeling like I'm going to do the second drop instead. So you can just kind of like eyeball it and just kind of mix it in, use the sync button. But a lot of professionals like don't use sync. That's the training wheels. Dude, I get that a lot for uh so now these fancy cameras, any camera really now that's made after 2020, um they have an they have an A aperture mode on photography that it I mean it does everything, dude. It does the shutter speed, it does the aperture. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot a lot of people at first was like oh you're not a real photographer until you use manual right right. like it's it's transitioned out to like why not right you still have to have the eye to have the shot right like you still have to have the you you still have to mentally know how to compose you know a, a nicely composed shot um yeah that it's helping you on like the scale of you know color grading a little bit better um Mm -hmm. yeah but i mean that's a tool that was invented people are using ai to write stuff people are using why not use those you know equipment but now i see the trend reversing to being like some of these i'm like yeah i use them i use it when i don't have enough time to sit there and mess with the camera right right you know i'm filming formula one cars why would i want to spend more time on trying to fix that on every shot where that one shot might be that fast car that's got a 1.5 second window time to get that shot you know mm-hmm. so fuck yeah, them people i think the phrase back in my day we used yeah. to have to i think that's always gonna be a phrase oh yeah Surely. as technology continues to advance well back in, you know in the year 2075 or something they're gonna talk about like Oh, using the sync button, like of course, like no, why not? Like, damn, <laughs> fill in the blank. It's like something that'll become the norm, but then there'll be a new thing. Like, oh, what? So, yeah, you use your camera still. I just <laughs> use my Neuralink, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Record straight from my pupils. Oh, it's like that scene on uh, Back to the Future. Like, you got to use your hands. When he's playing that arcade game, the shooting arcade game. I don't remember when that. He, uh, it's like when he first arrives. Let's see. It's I'll the be one honest, where he goes to the Wild I, Wild West. It's when, oh, that when was the go, third one. The third one, the yeah. Third one. I'll like, be honest. I don't remember much about the series, yeah. but I, mean, I do either. know that one was the third one. Right. Because I remember being confused, like, why is it Back to the Future if they're going to the past? And then at Ooh. the end of the movie spoilers he was like we have to go back to the future and i was like that's dumb (laughs) you shoehorned the title in oh man time travel movies all the paradoxes yeah what's your favorite time travel movie oh or series that is a tough one because i I love like every time travel movie that comes out um let's see i mean one of the dopest ones recently was definitely the interstellar yeah. interstellar is yeah. like because Modern i've class. never you seen you gotta watch that like a couple i times. know because i've never seen a time travel movie use like the concept of the tesseract and like the four di- fourth dimensional stuff and all that it's usually just like oh we hop in this little device and we go right pff, pff, 
but they go like deep. Yeah. Like, yeah. My favorite part about that one was just the fact that they addressed the gravity being different on that planet made time move differently mm-hmm. for them. Because that's real. Right. Yeah. That's real. That's, yeah. And I'd never seen that in a sci fi. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Also, the music is a uh, badass. Oh, yeah. It was Hans Zimmer, right? I believe yes. so. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So you've so you've never seen Flight of the Navigator? I haven't either. No. It's that old, I think it's a Disney movie back in the day where the kid gets picked up by the UFO. He like no, he's like I out in the know. woods, he's like fighting with his parents or something, runs off behind his house, like falls in a ditch, hits his head, and he wakes up in like a UFO. I've never even like, heard of this and movie. The UFO's called like Max, I think. And the whole thing is like he flies around in this UFO and he's like for a little while he's like, all right, this is cool, but I want to go back home. He takes him back home and like 10 years have gone by, uh, even though it's only been like an hour or two, a few hours for them, like 10 years. And like his little five-year-old brother is now his 15-year-old older, older ooh, brother. Yeah. And like, yeah, if you've never seen Fly the Navigator, I love watching that movie. It's like a kid's film, but it was the first time I ever watched a movie where it was like a kid like flying around in a UFO and it, it's a dope UFO. Like is it, it's a, is it animated or is it? No, live it's live action. action. Okay. Let's see. Who's that uh, actress? Who's the I actress? Can, from I can look it up. Sex in the city. What's her name? The main actress, the blonde. She's like the main character on sex. And I can't even think of, but she's like the Phoebe or no, that's like friends. Isn't it? Uh, that's friends. Yeah. I'll Shit, be honest, yeah. I've never I, seen Sex in the City. Me neither. <laughs> I mean, that's, me the only neither. Other, that's the only other thing I know. Is that what this... you do in your spare time, bro? Oh, no, oh, oh, come on. Don't love me like that. That's just, that's the only other, like, work I know her from. It's uh-huh. like Flight of the Navigator and then that that series. So well, That's cool that you, uh, that Sex in the City is your favorite series. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah. yeah. No, this is a no judge. No, I mean, zone, I'll, bro. I'll be honest, like, back in the day when it first came out, yeah, we first got HBO, I checked it out. I'm like, oh, what's going you, on? Because it had the word sex. Oh, like, like, what's this? Oh, what's HBO. this? HBO. First got HBO. Let's go. God, man, that was like back in the late nineties too. I never even watched Friends. Craziest thing I got to watch is like Boy Meets World when I was younger. Yeah, Craziest? when I was younger, like like series like that that love like or friend. Not, I was into like something like Ninja Turtles and oh like, yeah. Oh, by the way, you were thinking of Sarah Jessica Parker. There it is. Yeah, that's her name. Uh, oh, bet, she's also she in Hocus young. Pocus. Forgot. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's the the hot witch in Hocus Pocus. I've watched Hocus Pocus before. I've never seen Hocus Pocus. Really? really. Oh, gosh. First one's pretty good. I haven't seen the second one. I heard is They've even got like a... Is it a movie or is it a show? Like the new one they just no, made? No, there's a new movie. Like I got that. sisters, bro. So that's why I watched it. Man. Yeah, it you like, got sisters. Oh, hocus pocus, and like the, yeah, the people, another one. People they, love it. Oh, dude, I mean, another especially when like it's that time of the year. People are like, "What are you doing tonight?" Mostly girls. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, right, we're watching hocus pocus and drinking hot chocolate. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool, <laughs> lame, lame. <laughs> um, There's a lot of good one-liners from that movie. Hocus pocus. Oh yeah, yeah. I th- what's the- Give us one. The two bullies in the movie. What is it? It's like Spike and Ice or something. I don't know. They've just got some. It's a good movie. You should watch it. I might. Bring your girls over and watch it together. I feel like it's one of those that if you don't have the nostalgia from watching it as a kid, I don't think it's really going to matter to me. It's kind of cheesy. 
Yeah, I mean, watching it as an adult, it is for the cheesy first time. Well. It's, it's grand. You're, you're right. You make a good point. Like if you it's if you didn't watch it when you're like seven, yeah, eight years you don't old, like yeah, it. it's kind of different watching it as yeah. an adult. They had a dead guy that like they dug oh, up. Yeah, he yeah. was cool as fuck. Bro. He was. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool as fuck. He was like an old what prince or something like right. that. Or he was something like that, man. It, it's a cool movie. And it was a it was a Disney Channel, right? Yeah, it's Disney Channel. So when you if, when you have kids, bro, watch it when you have kids with your kids. Yeah, I think at that point in time, I don't think we had Disney Channel. We had like basic cable. Which was just channels two through thirteen, dude. But it got creepy too, though, because the witches would do spells from like this book of evil. Oh, then I definitely, oh, would, I would not have been and, allowed. And the eyeball, and the eyeball would move, and it would always freak me because since I was little, I didn't fuck with shit like that. Right, right. Me, myself, my yeah. sisters, they would watch it, but I was like, no, I'm not watching like nothing. Even when I watch the Mummy and they're doing that Book of Dead shit, oh. I'm like, I'm out. Yeah, if Focus Pocus has that, I wouldn't have been allowed to watch it even if we had oh, a channel. Yeah, you wouldn't, because they're, no they're doing spells and they're bringing people back from dead. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't. And they're couldn't. kidnapping children to like sacrifice them. Yeah. And this is a kid's movie. Yeah, Disney. Huh. <laughs> It's yeah. a like they're movie. sucking like they're they're sucking the sucking the soul out of them yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> not, it's not, like looking back, it's like it's wow, like, that movie's pretty it fucked us up. <laughs> <laughs> Open the portal. <laughs> Damn. No, my kid when he's old enough, he's gonna watch the original Ninja Turtles. That's gonna be Hell yeah. That's gonna be Dude, my kid's into um he's into Godzilla right now. Oh and yeah. And he loves going back and looking at the old Godzilla and like on one you can even see like the strings of like them playing like like the the dinosaur or the Godzilla and like the the butterfly monster out of Mothra. Mothra. Dude, yeah. and he's like loving it and he's sitting there and I'm like you don't see the strings, bro. He don't. And care. he was like, "I don't care. This stuff is awesome. Look how look how bad Godzilla looks." <laughs> and I'm like, "Cool, bro. Like that's dope. Like that to have that love to love it even when like the graphics. Because most kids are like, no, nah, fuck that. The graphics suck. I'm not about to watch that. Right. You know, or even some grown adults mm-hmm. would be like, no, nah, the graphics ain't that good. I was like, why are you watching this? You know. But then I was like, dude, it's just the love of the whole thing behind it that you know drew him into it where are you watching all those um old, so is it paramount netflix, plus no netflix uh <coughs> came out with the whole all of them they came okay. out with the old ones they came out with the um not the very very a, old ones that's a universal pictures not the very very old ones but like it got to a point where like it they they not all of them are universal right there's some. There's a bunch of them on Netflix. Yeah, I mean that, that may be. I just know Universal does currently own Godzilla and King Kong and a bunch of the other. Oh shit! They're yeah. they're on Netflix, man. Like but, the King but, Kong, but not originally. I mean, the original ones wouldn't. The original ones were Japanese, so that yeah. was a yeah. Japanese no, YouTube company. is the Japanese ones. We watch them on YouTube. Okay, like the reruns. Okay. Yeah, the Japanese ones will watch him. But I mean, he he's not listening to the words. He's just watching the fight. I have realized that he likes the fighting perspective of like the. Isn't that funny? That's like, so crazy, bro. Because you told me that about the dinosaurs too. That yeah, he loves that, and I was the same way as a kid. Like I love fighting monsters fighting. Yeah. Yeah. What? Is, why? I don't know, but I loved it. He loves it, dude. Yeah. 
He loves it when he sees two dinosaurs getting ready to like jack. Oh, it's dude. like it's it's like he's fiending for puffing it. He's and like, puffing. They about to fight right now. <laughs> I'm like, damn. All right, cool. And that, Super. Stoked. That's why I got him that Smash Brothers because it's got all those different fighters yeah. that I'm going to introduce him to it. Like yeah. for Christmas, and we're and he's gonna be able to fight against me. Oh, so, you, so you haven't actually given it to him yet. Nah, you got to try it out first. Huh? Well, yeah, I had to because <laughs> look, I got it, and then I was sitting there, and I was like, dude, it's it's hard for a dad, and cr- after Christmas they get their present because if they have stuff they need to like download or stuff they need oh, to sign yeah. into no. or Legos that they need to build, like our whole Christmas is building our kids stuff or helping them build yeah. it or helping them sign in. So I got him. He's got a Nintendo Lite. I got him for Christmas a, a Nintendo Olay uh, Switch. Um, and that way we can play together some games because the light, you couldn't hook it up to the TV. It didn't right, have a dock. Right. Um, and so with this one, I saw it has sma- uh, uh, bro, bro, uh, Brother Smash, or what's it called? Super Smash Super- Brothers Ultimate. Dude. And mm. it's got, so you, it's kind of like you're fighting, you know? And, oh, yeah, I love Smash And so Brothers. it clicked to me when I talked to him about, like, he... He loves the perspective of fighting. Like he's not a fighter. Don't give me. He's not. He's a super good kid. He's he's never fighting in school or nothing like that. But he he likes that. Unlike video games or like movies. For sure. So I was like, dude, that's the best gift. So I was downloading it. I was I checked it out. And I'm sitting there, dude. These last three days, I've been sitting there playing the <laughs> Nintendo Switch at night. And I'm like, hmm, this one's pretty cool. So like, you're gonna have all the characters unlocked for dude, him before he starts it, dude. He's got the Kirby game the new one the fallen world or, or fa- forgotten world dude this dude has unlocked like so many levels bro and like i'm not a big video game guy like uh, growing up i didn't play a lot of video games. Oh, i love the kirby games growing up dude it would they're different though yeah. this is like a world like you know the oh, kirby like open one, world yeah open world or like you know the kirby ones we're used to is like just him like donkey kong mm-hmm. they were, yeah they were side scrollers, scrollers. no yeah. this one is like you're going you're flying like 3d Mm-hmm. You're going into it 3D. You're you're doing. Mi- you can do this mission. You can skip it. You can do go right, do this. Right. It's very cool. Like very the new Sonic game, I think came yeah. out to open world. Yeah, Frontiers. Zelda open world. Yeah, yeah they're all doing. Yeah, it's that, like world. the hit style these days. Oh, yeah. uh, do almost everything is open world. Now. Well, you can put 80 hours in easy. Super just, easy. Just bro. messing around with stuff. Hanging out. Yeah. Hanging out with other Kirby people. <laughs> But yeah, man, I think it's going to be fun. We're going to lay it down. Cool. Did you get an extra controller for you to play with him? Yes, I did. Nice. I got an extra controller. Well, the the ultimate package. Oh, that's right. It brought two extra. Uh, yeah, you can switch you can them out. It, yeah. But it's got like where it's got like the plastic thing where you can put one controller into it and it makes it into the control. Like it's got the handles for the controller. Yeah, yeah the then extra you put grip the, thing. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. And now that you mentioned that too, I do remember since you can on that one, you can split it and just use half the controller as a controller for if you have like more people. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do that, I 3D printed some. I thought grips, about that. Yeah, yeah. That you can actually turn it into like a full or. Yeah, size grip thing. Yeah. So just hey, let me know. I can print you some stuff. Bet sounds almost like you could do with the Wii with, the, with the Mario Kart, where the Wii controller goes into the wheel. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That? yeah. 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 You, you can done, buy I've a wheel it. for it too. They sell like yeah, you where you stick it, you stick it in, 
in the middle yeah. and the controller and then it you it's a full wheel yeah. and you're sitting there yeah i was never a big fan of the wii did y'all play the wii a lot extensively oh yeah bowling all day yeah wii bowling for hours so I had the Dreamcast. Y'all, rem- y'all oh, ever wow. remember the Dreamcast? I wanted I one. had one fishing game on there that came with the controller. I remember that and one. Crazy Taxi. Oh my goodness, yeah. Crazy Taxi. That was the funnest arcade game. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Y'all do any like VR stuff? Like I have. Vive or anything like I, that? I, I yeah. Have, I have a VR setup for PC. I don't use it right now because yeah. when I moved, there's not a space for Same it. Same here. Exactly where I'm at right now. I don't have the space to do it. Yeah. But yeah. I did enjoy it quite yeah. a bit. It was I mean, fun. The, the workouts you get in like Beat Saber or like, mm. I love doing the Creed game where it's like Brocky. Oh, yeah. The boxing. Because like I used to love playing Mike Tyson Punch Out growing up. So it's that, but you're standing in your room and you're actually like shadow boxing and boxing these people. And I mean, I can, I can never play it for more than like 15 minutes at a time because you get so winded because of the amount. If you get knocked down, like the amount of movement you got to do to like get back up. Oh, man. Yeah, I love like gamifying uh, like fitness and stuff like that. Because, you know, a lot of kids these days, mm-hmm. so much just like sitting, couch potato, like gaming. So... Well, that that's why I got him that switch. Yeah, honestly, because he was sitting, he he'd sit hours playing in that mm-hmm. thing, and I was like, how? What's a way that I can get him to like move? So I bought him a fifty dollar game where like it's got bowling, it's got tennis, mm-hmm. it's got, and it'll get him and me interacted and like getting up, dude. It's right. so dangerous nowadays. Kids will sit there, and me as a father struggle sometimes because I'm working all day. Yeah, I, I don't. Sometimes I pick them up and I'm tired. Yeah, like you know, and you like you let the game babysit them, bro, while you just relax for a little bit. Because I know you've heard sitting is the new smoking. You know, living yeah. a sedentary lifestyle like sitting all day in one spot. I mean, that's super bad for you. So let's see. It's I guess it's been like two years now. I uh, bought this device. Uh, Facebook advertising got me. It's called Stealth Fitness. To where. You know how you do planks, like you do a workout where you like uh, mm-hmm. stand on your toes and forearms, you hold hold a plank. They've got this device now to where it's on like this like gyro to where you download this app, you put it in the little inlet in the center of it. There's all these different games. One of the coolest ones is this hang gliding game to where you're sitting there doing a plank and you start off and you run off that you're watching the screen, you run off the edge of the cliff and you're sitting there and when you lean back on it, you gain altitude when you lean forward, you get speed and go down, like, and then you're, you're turning, and then you're your... leaning left and right, and the whole thing you're trying to dodge the birds and the trees. Are, are at you this... saying you're, you're in the plank? Mm-hmm. You're you're adjusting your plank to yeah, yeah. steer yeah, it. Yeah, you're holding. Okay. Up, you you've got these like pads. Let's say it's like a plastic like triangle with like the you know the the thickest part facing you. So you got your elbow, your forearms down, and the iPhones right there in the center. So. You're like balancing your plank on it, but at all times, instead of just holding a plank where you would just get your like midsection worked out, you're always moving slightly in some angle to where you're getting a full core core workout and you're like playing a game. So you're like, Hey, I just got 3000 points. And then you tell your friend, Hey, try to beat my score. Mm -hmm. So you're sitting there and you're gamifying fitness. And Mm -hmm. that's what I, I think like kids need to, that's why I really liked when I got, when VR started getting popular and all that, just like getting kids like moving just because 
I do a Pokemon hunt or po- Pokemon Go. I know you do. I do, man. I, I know. Yeah, you I caught a few when I parked early. I yeah. was like, well, what we got Yeah, well, did it because of my kid, dude. Yeah. He's into Pokemon. Like, yeah. if I know that he needs to get up and move, I'm like, yo, in 30 minutes, be ready because we're about to go hit up all these parks to go Pokemon. Yeah. And he gets excited and gets ready and he don't mind walking. Oh, dude. I, do, I go, there's a, what they call a path or a route at the Union uh, Trails. Uh-huh. It's a 4.3 mile route. So it's like, I've, I've got to, I'm on this quest right now. I've got to get these little like gemstones or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. But you have to do the entire four and a half mile route to where you might have a gemstone waiting on you at the end. It might not, but you still got to do the full four to, see <laughs> to see if you get one yeah, or not. Yeah. So it's like, and you got, I got to get 400 of them. And I'm only at like 50 right now. So it's you, like you it, Pokemon hunt too, don't you? Pokemon Go. I did. I I don't like. I don't actively do it, but I do have the game. I used to quite a bit. Not so much these days. I think nowadays I'll pretty much just twice a year remember, yeah. think about it, and, yeah. and maybe walk around a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to get a Mew. Yeah, uh, but uh, oh, you don't have a Mew yet? No. Do you got one? I got one. You need it. I mean, no, I just nah, got it's one. all right, man. I, I, <laughs> I'm i like halfway towards getting mine, so <laughs> I, I'm not too concerned no, about it. It's just, it, it's cool to like do something where you're like walking like four miles, but at the same time, you're like, you're having fun, having fun and showing off to friends like, hey, I got this super rare. I know it's like a kid's game, but just going back to like gamifying fitness, like anything that like add some kind of game aspect to working out is what I, I like. I think that's oh. the best way to tackle yeah. workout too. Cause yeah. The guy we had before this, he, he was into workout, but he was into a different style workout, but it's all working out your body mm-hmm. um, that I didn't, I, like me and you were like, man, we couldn't, we couldn't go to a race and not know when the race is over. Cause it's a, it's an ultimate race. That's not the type of workout I want to do. You know, I'm a very like, okay, if, if I'm gonna go play a two, uh, if I'm gonna do a race, it's gonna be you know 10k or 5k. Okay, I, the finish line it's gonna be there. Um, I can kind of engage the time frame that's gonna take me to do it. So in my mind, sub mind or subconscious, I've already got like the finish line. I'm just going through little sections of it to get to that finish line. Right. Same as like you know, that's the way I work. I like to go to the gym and I like to hit two hours or an hour. But I'll have different workouts that mark my different set for that day. Right. Like, that's the way I am. You know, some people might not like that because it's boring to them. But they'll use a Pokemon game and be like, well, that's how I'm getting my walk-ins. Yeah. It's very interesting to see a lot of people use a lot of different methods to to do exercise for sure i do remember thinking when it came out in 2016 and and that was a new thing i mean there were maybe elements of it and stuff before but that was a a, the first full-fledged kind of experience of geolocation app on your phone and i remember thinking this is so cool i bet we're gonna see a lot more stuff like this to be fair i don't think anything else like it has come out since harry potter tried to do it Really? But, yeah, Harry Potter. I think uh, whoever owns the Harry Potter games, like they put that one would be out. Warner Brothers. Warner Discovery. Brothers. Yeah, yeah, they they put one out. I played it for a little bit, but then I don't know. It's just something. I guess Pokemon Go was so like prevalent that everybody was like, "Well, no, I'm not going to spend any time playing Harry Potter. I got right. I got to catch them all. Like I got to catch well, all Pokemon's these Pokemon." So much is 
it's very popular in a lot of places. Everywhere, yeah. 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 Very ingrained in the culture. I just remember being so fascinated seeing all these people congregating at Pokestops. Oh, yeah. You know, those first few months that it oh, was yeah. out, you have like 20 or 30 people in yeah. the same spot. Just all catching Pokemon. Yep. Did y'all ever do geotags? Like, did y'all ever? Oh yeah, did geocaching? Yeah, yeah. I used to oh, do yeah. that in Seattle. Yeah, for sure. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it we so much. We need to bring that shit back. Yeah, we tried. Wait, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't, know if, I don't think it was you. It was me and somebody else. We tried to find a couple of the ones in Jackson. There's very, very few. There was like one tagged over by CVS, but. I swear I went exactly to where it should, should have, been. have been, and I think it's just out of date, and nobody's What was that anything. app? There was an app for that, right? Or yeah, yeah geocaching. Geocaching, yeah. yeah. And then there's Randonautica, too. You know about that I one, haven't right? heard of that one. Y'all don't know about Randonautica? No. So, Randonautica is like kind of like geocaching, but it just gives you like a random a random location to go to and it doesn't tell you what's there at all. And let me see if I'm saying this right. I haven't done it in a while, but I don't know. It's something like there's, there's nothing like physically there, but something's supposed to happen or like something might happen if you go to, but it just gives you like, you might go to somebody's like, backyard or something i don't know that sounds kind of sketch <laughs> go here man something might happen hope you've been enjoying the episode so far this is episode 13 and marks six months of us having done the show jafet and i have really enjoyed putting this together and i know i've learned a lot So if you have also enjoyed it, tell one person. We're not going to do the whole, don't forget to like and subscribe. It really helps the algorithm. Yeah, sure, it does. That's not the point. This show fundamentally is about connection and seeing the world from an angle that we didn't think about before. So if you have someone in your life that, you think would enjoy that tell that one person and if you're an artist and you've got something cool that you're working on whether you're a visual artist or a musician or something else it doesn't matter if you have something creative that you want to share with us send us a message you can either dm jafet at jafet ramirez 89 on instagram or me at the David Boyd, and let us know what you've got going on. Something that we want to continue doing as we develop this thing is we want to put a spotlight on other creative people, how you think, what you got going on. So let us know. We've got some cool stuff planned coming up, and we want you to be a part of it. Now back to the episode. All right, I want to give the right description of this thing. Oh, I've still got it on my phone. So, you, you're probably still playing it. You probably played it before <laughs> before you pulled up. All right, so quantum random exploration can change reality as you know it. The superpower behind Randonautica gives you a random location to journey to. Set your intention in your mind for what you seek, you will find. And so it says reasons to use Randonautica to generate completely random coordinates for you to travel to is 
to go on an unexpected adventure to test out quantum entropy and the mind's ability to influence reality, to break the matrix, to get some exercise walking to a random location, to open a real-world portal, to get off screens and go on an outdoor adventure, to feel heightened awareness and observation, to feel being present, and to find new areas in your neighborhood, town, or city. So it's like you, you, there's nothing there. Should we but, do one but, after this? But just I'd be down to try. Ju- it. Just the thing of this app, like giving you like a random location to go to, and just otherwise you would never go to this place ever. Like you would and, never plan to go to this specific spot, but like you get there, and then like wow, something like might happen, like something that let's say magical or something like just out of the blue, or something might not happen at all. But just like the journey of just going to somewhere random. Well, so. I can understand the the mentality behind it too, in the sense that if you go somewhere unexpected without a particular goal in mind, like when you were saying, yeah, something might happen that you're not expecting, and uh, well, for example, if you're if you're looking, maybe it's a bird that you've never seen or right. paid attention to, right. and just the simple fact that you're opening yourself up to a new experience, perhaps, yeah, maybe that's. Yeah. Kind of the drive behind it. Yeah. Or the journey to it. You know? Yeah, just yeah. the journey to it. Like, all right, this this thing's 45 minutes away. And just like this random experience with your friends that you just had that. You You'd would... be sitting at home playing video game and not having that experience. Right. So I assume, do you just set the radius of like, I want it to be within this far distance of my current location? Or how does Let's that. Let's see. So I've got the free version. You can do like the paid version that gives like other things, but right here we can do like a radius of four kilometers around us right now. Okay. So I'll I'll generate, uh, let's see, generate. We go to like um, like a ca uh, CSI or FBI like um, safe house. <laughs> that would get shut down so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, daily tokens, free. All right, so I've got some tokens now. Point finder. All right, so here we go. It's giving us a random. Visualize your intention. Okay, but you've already put the radius on there, I did a four-mile radius. So here's the random generated point it gave us. It's over here by Enterprise Rent-A-Car behind... So it gives us it gives us the exact at. coordinates. Yeah, I know where it's, it's at too. It's over there by Airways by the yeah. UT experiment station. Yeah. So what's back there? <laughs> I don't know. Why should it be like homelessville? Like a bunch of home what about these people who just fucking everybody up that's coming on the sand? <laughs> it's just like... one guy waiting to mug you. <laughs> 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 He's sitting there coding it like Getting all these random people to come <laughs> up and you're being mugged. Can you interact with other people that have done it? I, I don't know. I think it gives you like a completely random point that nobody else gets. I mean, I'm sure. Right, as opposed to a geocache. It's not yeah. like it's not like a subset of a list. Right, right. There's no, it's always a random just point on a map. So, yeah, it's like out in the middle of a field somewhere. I think that's definitely right, that, like no, that's, gated that's, property, that's right? That is 100%. That is on UT property, yeah, that's, right? That's, yeah. And I can tell you, about to get arrested. <laughs> that's what they're going to send you. I'll be honest. Man. I can tell you exactly what is right there. I, I used to work. I there. used to work there. I know yeah. exactly what yeah. is right there. Is cotton? 
That's a cotton field. That's it. But the story we would have of driving to that point and the person driving up on us, what in the hell are y'all doing here? Yeah, nobody, yeah. the story would be like, yep, we got arrested, so now we need you to come well, bail us out. If, if I'm recalling correctly, that part is not gated. It's not gated. I mean, you're not, it does have like an employees only past this point I sign, uh, but... It's not gated. I mean, I don't. It's <laughs> not, not your, your property, t- though. It's not. You're right. I guess that that could be trespassing for <laughs> sure. Definitely yeah, trespassing. <laughs> what, what that reminds me of is like you were saying when Pokemon Go first came out and everybody was huddling up at like gyms and Pokestops. Yeah. The thing when Pokemon Go first came out in 2016 is that the Pokestops were being put in like people's backyards and shit. Oh yeah, like, I to where some people were like, "Why is there 30 kids in my backyard right now, just all staring at their phones?" Like people were getting freaked out. Like, what are all these people doing? on my property so they had to like start moving the pokey stops to like all right not on people's private property yeah there is or was a pokey stop downtown that's like kind what is that photography place uh beside hub city not beside hub city no no it's uh across the street from the tavern uh, there's like a little garden area. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that place in front of a JEA Generary Energy Authority building. Yeah, so there's a Pokestop there, but it's like not right on the sidewalk. It's kind of like tucked away a little bit, and there is a sign. This is no trespassing. It says no trespassing, and I think that's what happened. Is the dude had a bunch of people trying to get the Pokestop, and he didn't know what was happening. <laughs> I mean, yeah, most of the, those old people don't know what's going on yeah. with the Pokemon. I mean, I just started because of my kid. I I see people in my backyard. And I'm like, what the hell y'all doing here? I man? wouldn't be happy. No. I'd be like, you can get that Pidgey somewhere else, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to be crazy is when these AR glasses catch on and you're playing Pokemon Go and yeah. you're seeing augmented reality Pokemon like actually on the sidewalk and shit like that. I think that'd be dangerous, though, man. They would. It would be a liability for being sued. Imagine you see a Pokemon in the middle of the street and you're trying to catch it and you get hit by a car. Oh, dang. Yeah. You got to sign that yeah. waiver. You got to I mean, read the yeah, terms and conditions. Yeah, but then at that point, at that point, the authorities have to get involved because you're putting, your program is putting, there's that. Right. It's there's, a dangerous product at that th- point. There's that responsible, we talked about, you're putting a product out there that could help somebody lose but weight, it could but also, it could also hurt somebody. Yeah. Well, you can already do that on your phone, though. You can go into AR mode. You already know that. On, I've tinkered on your with phone. that, yeah, on so, Google Maps. It, but with the glasses. Have y'all seen uh, Free Guy, that new yeah, Ryan Reynolds yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where that's yeah. kind of like the whole basis of the movie is, is like it? putting on like the AR glasses and stuff to yeah. where like the whole world... It, well, is, is it think, out already? Wait, I thought that was more like a Ready Player One style thing, wasn't it? It wasn't that one full virtual reality. So it's been a while since I watched it. Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. I think it's a great film. Uh, so he, so the people. Oh yeah, you're right. So I the people now, in the yeah. real world are like, like playing a game, like on their computers and stuff. But like Ryan Reynolds in the movie. He's he's like one of the NPCs in the game, but you're seeing through the eyes of what an NPC goes through in their daily life. That's so cool. one of the people that go into the game, they all have these glasses on, and somehow he gets a hold of one of the pairs of glasses to where instead of being an NPC, he actually gets to become one of the real players where he gets full access to this world that's all around him that he never knew was there. But like every day he goes to work, he gets, he gets robbed and shit. Like the bank gets robbed, you know, just like on GTA or something like that. It's like, yep, not a five. We're about to get, it's called a uh, free guy. 
free guy. Yeah, it's yeah. really it's really it's cool. it's a comedy. Yeah, and uh, it's got like Wreck It Ralph and like a bunch of other. Maybe, like, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. I have seen it then. Characters, isn't mm. that it? Does right? Doesn't it have licensed characters, or is that a different movie that I just That's, mashed together with it? Isn't that Ready Player One where they like got all? Oh, no, oh no. yeah, maybe. Hang on, <laughs> that kind of, that kind of meld together for me. They do, yeah, because they do have kind but of. Yeah, that scene in Ready Player One where it had like every like character possible. They had like the DeLorean in there. They had the Ghostbusters car. They had Freddy Krueger. You remember that scene in Ready Player One? I haven't seen that one either. I'm sli- I'm. Sl- I'm slipping on these movies. That's what got me hyped for like virtual reality. Was uh, I think that film came out in 2018. I'm too busy trying to conquer real reality. Yeah. Then uh, virtual reality is something that I haven't really never thought about, really depth into. It's fun, but I don't know that it's ever going to be that. I don't. I'm not convinced it is. No Matrix type of shit. I mean, you don't think we'll we'll put these little. You ever seen like those shows or like Black Mirror where they put those little things on? They, right. They fall asleep and then they they transfer like another reality. Yeah, I don't know that it's ever going to be like that. I mean, I could be wrong. Obviously, I don't know. But maybe you're in I, one I right see, now. Yeah, I mean, it's mm, possible. <laughs> Philosophy one hundred and one. But I I would almost guess more likely scenarios that we're going to see technology kind of more integrated in subtler ways in our regular life. And maybe not even AR glasses, maybe just more like embedded technology and yeah. like in your wall and maybe have a panel in your wall that actually has your heads up display of like, here's your, you know, forecast for the day and your to do list and stuff. And not necessarily that we are going to put on VR glasses and live our life that way. I, that's just the way I see it. Like, for example, the the smartphone, I really think is pretty much close to in its final form. I mean, you think about this thing, it's gotten more capabilities than it did when it first came out, but the form factor has really not changed since the iPhone 1 came out. No. And that's been, what, 15, 20 years? Not 20, no, 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 no. It was 2007. But now, but now you have... Now you have the apple glasses yeah that's what i was about to say the ones that that, look like ski goggles yeah or or that or or the regular ray-ban those are not apple those Those are uh meta metaverse goggles or glasses and i don't think those are going to catch on you know they're super expensive to begin with yeah they're like three thousand dollars i think yeah i don't think they're going to catch on why Think about how long virtual reality has been out as a gaming platform, and it has not gone mainstream. I remember, uh, I remember uh, playing with PlayStation's got VR now, though, right? Yeah, 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 right. And Meta Quest Pro is is probably the most popular VR platform. But with that being said, I was tinkering with the Oculus beta version in 2015. Yeah, I remember eight years ago, and that I remember thinking at that time I was like, by 2017, this is going to be a big thing. And it still accounts for a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of gaming. Most people are still on PC, PlayStation, well, Xbox. I, I think I think it's Those only going I think it's only because of the consumer being not able to afford. Once it becomes affordable, right. I think the the Quest Pro is three hundred bucks. 
It's cheaper than a PS5. You're all right. Yeah. And it's still a single digit percentage of gaming. I think once like the haptics start catching on, like haptic gloves, haptic suits, that's when VR will really take over. It could be. Because right now where you could walk. Yeah. Where it's just the goggles and like your hands, like, yeah, it tracks your hands, but you don't feel that texture and stuff like that. Like that's true. Once the haptics come into play, I think it's... I think that's what will really kickstart VR. Yeah. And you also have to consider, too, there's always going to be a percentage of people that cannot play because they get motion sickness from it. And those people will never be able to play without getting sick. So how can you make that the standard Mm -hmm. if there's always going to be a large section of people that can't do it? That's true. You're just dealing with the physical limitations of the human body at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So as much as I love VR and I really think it's fun and, and if the educational capacity of it, I think is really untapped at this point. I love mm-hmm. it, but I don't think it's ever going to be what some people think will be. Well, maybe, maybe it. it's, maybe it will hit, but it won't hit in the gaming perspective about it. Possibly. Like I, you were talking right now about, um, VR. I saw a program where this college made a program through VR for mechanics and they put oh, yeah. the, they put the goggles on and and, they and they're, they're breaking down um an engine mm-hmm. the, yeah the machine and, and parts, then yeah. they don't know what part this little part in this engine is and they click on it and it brings up a full scale or another video yeah. of what or how to install that yeah. that part and the advantage on that too versus a computer screen is that you can take that you can 3D grab it and you can grab it and look at all sides of it rather yeah. than being on a 2D so I do it, like that. Yeah. It might not hit in that perspective, but it might hit in the learning perspective. Yeah, similar to that, too. Now that you mention it, I remember seeing a couple of YouTube videos in the last week or so of uh, anatomy and physiology thing where it's like the human body, like mm-hmm. human cadavers, that the professor is peeling back, you know, digitally, showing, mm-hmm. oh, here's this layer of muscles. Here's the That's cool. interior layer yeah. of muscles. Here's where it connects to the bone and so forth. And, Doing all that hands-on training, yeah. Everybody's gonna be their own little mini Tony Stark in the future with that. Just I, I do think that's pretty cool. That yeah. is uh, pretty cool. Yeah. AR, VR, AR, AR. Talking about guns. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, VR, AR, a- AR means augmented reality. Oh. That's where, for example, like he was talking about the glasses, where you're not in virtual reality. It's passed through, so you're seeing your regular world, but it has an LCD or an OLED screen that can put like arrows or like theoretically the glasses. The glasses, right? It gives you directions and it tells you exactly in your glasses. Exactly. Oh, very cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can have like the temperature of like you know you have your weather t- app in the corner yeah. like the temperature and all that a little yeah. heads up display. Oh, you got a text and it just yeah. like top right corner of your vision like you see your text top yeah pop down stuff yeah yeah I know the U.S. military has experimented with oh. stuff like that again I don't think that's gonna really go anywhere for a while because the cost of it going wrong. Mm. so much is is everything so a lot of this technology is cool but i I think so expensive yeah the implementation of it is a different beast entirely i think technology has been slowing down in some ways yeah i think we've talked about it's kind of hit its peak and it's peaking down a little bit by a little bit Um, yeah unless aliens come to the world and show us this technology that we don't know yet yeah maybe we give me that tesseract yeah, maybe we are the aliens and we just maybe haven't we got are. there yet, yeah. you know. 
Maybe we're like that last civilization of aliens that haven't got to that yet. We'll get there. Maybe. One day. If you could go to Mars and not be like a year and a half long journey like it would be in Uh real life with our car. If it was like a two week journey, but it cost it cost a hundred thousand dollars to go yeah would you do it if you could finance it like for 10 years you pay it off okay so what what is it what's in mars what you mean like yeah i'm paying 10 i'm paying a hundred thousand dollars to go yeah has it has shit already been established there or like am i the first pioneer to go not the first but it's just tourism okay all right just tourism i mean it all really depends on what i'm gonna do there if it's just i'm gonna go there and sit (laughs) in sand red sand (laughs) i mean i could go here and do that somewhere you know Uh, yeah yeah i wouldn't you would i wouldn't you would not i would not not. what about you dj I'll see hundred thousand dollars, like mm. spread out over ten years. Mm. That's a lot of money, man. Yeah, I guess it, uh, same as Jafet. Like, what are we doing on Mars? Like, just chilling in red sand. <laughs> just chilling <laughs> in red sand. I know some sand pits in South Jackson we can go to. Yeah. Now, if you tell me there's a couple of strip clubs and you know a nice little resort there, and well, I'm, you can I'm go at- to you can go to strip clubs on Earth. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, but all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, touche, it's not touche. Martian titties, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. What about yeah. if there's Martian titties? Like, can't look at Martian titties. Well, here. That, I would definitely go if there was Martian. I'd, I'd pay but... just to get on the spaceship to fly it there. I mean, just the experience of flying from here to there would be worth that, and come back. You don't even have to land on Mars. Let's, okay, just, let's how, just loop around it and come on back. How much? Uh, okay, $100,000 in how many years? 10 years. 10 years. You can, you're allowed to spread it out. I'd have to really think about yeah. it. What about you? <sighs> Maybe. I mean, probably. But like you said, I guess it would depend a little bit. I, I'm I'm like you, DJ. I would be more interested maybe in, in just the like the, the trip itself. Yeah. Mars itself is just a cold desert, but yeah. space. Yeah. Yeah, being I mean, able, that's true, too. Being able to see Earth from space would be my main. I mean, that would, Ver- that would. Verizon's pro- doing that now, isn't it? $100,000, you can. you not, can, uh, fly, well, it, not it, Verizon, it, it's Virgin. Virgin. Virgin, yeah. Virgin, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Virgin will fly you out there and you'll stay a little bit. And then, yeah. The, well, the, that's why I brought it up. Yeah. Well, doesn't that prove flat Earth, right? As soon as somebody takes that first trip, like one civilian goes up there and. There's there's planet Earth right behind us. I think it's round. It's have they done it before? I think Man, I don't even know. They would they would come up with some way to make up a reason that it's still flat. I, you those people aren't going to listen to reason. They're not going <laughs> to. They could look dead at the at the fucking circle of an Earth and be like, mm, I don't know. The optics of the sun at this angle make it appear round. <laughs> Go fuck yourselves, flat Earthers. Oh, Go fuck yourselves. Got him. Struck a chord. Man, I'm telling you. We were at Gil's the other night, and what was the guy's name that y'all, or Gil's friend, Whitson? Dude, uh, Whitson, I think. It's, yeah. Whitson. 
What's it gets? You probably know him. I he's think from here, and yeah. he's a he's got a big following yeah. on super huge following on. Yeah, I'm acquainted with him from years. I haven't talked to him in 10 years. I remember bumping back into him, but I did hear he was a big flat earther now. Yeah, huge. You know, it's okay. Not everybody has the right amount of chromosomes in their body. But I just Um, feel like taking... Taking flat earthers up on a spaceship to Mars, I mean, that... Yo, look yeah. at it. Look at it, you son look of a bitch. It. Yeah, that, I mean, God, that proves dude. it right there. That would dispel all of that movement in, in one trip. <laughs> Again, all that shit be so... They just do it so... They persuade it so well, though, man. That, like, it makes you a little bit been like, okay. And then when they start bringing out the Bible, and I'm like... It's almost you like don't that. bring Jesus into this shit. Like, leave Jesus out of it, bro. <laughs> it's almost like that thing we were saying earlier. It's like you tell an AI, hey, make something so compelling and so believable like that anybody presented with it like would believe it. I think that might be like an AI creation. It might be China, bro. China yeah. might I, have developed let's get, it. Let's, yeah. let's, keep these, uh, let's, keep these people, let's keep these people, yeah. Busy with the psyop. Yeah, I would. I almost. I really do think there's a possibility. I'd have to look into it, but I think there's a strong possibility the flat Earth thing was like somebody satirically doing that, and then it just got way out of hand, and people started to believe. I really do think that's a possibility that like nobody genuinely believed it was flat when they first came up with that, and then all these dum dums grabbed onto it because they just need to have some sort of secret explanation for why the world is weird i mean i don't i'm uh, so here's the deal i'm actually very like for the most part i'm very anti most conspiracy theories and i think that part of this goes because i am a very skeptical person by nature and most of the conspiracy theorists that are very deep into it the flat earthers you know the the hollow earthers the lizard people ers they claimed that they're skeptical and because they don't believe what everyone else does, but they're very unskeptical about these crackpot theories that they have. So I'm very anti most conspiracies because I think the real conspiracies are very boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the real conspiracies are like what you were talking about with the, the, the paper guy, the timber guy that helped make uh cannabis illegal. Yeah, How, yeah. What was his name? Uh, William Randolph Hearst. Yeah, most cons- real conspiracies right. are that they yeah, take place boring. in a boardroom, right? You know, and they're right in front of you. It's mm-hmm. just who's making the money off of this thing, right? Those are the ones that I think are real. Yeah, that people are not interested in listening to. No, because they're tedious and they're boring, and there's not. Well, much that's why I like the scientific method. You know, hypothesis, hypothesis, test it out. Can it be repeated? The results. Absolutely. Can others? Can someone else? Yep. independently go out and do it and get the same results yep. and there you go and if not <laughs> it probably wasn't it yeah that's why i love the scientific method absolutely yep. uh what did you go to college for uh i got my degree in business administration with a minor in finance right on yep. so science was just kind of a passion thing for you oh yeah yes i've uh yeah i've I've always loved science. That's one of my favorite. As soon as we made, uh, I think we all did the volcano mm-hmm. in science oh, yeah. class. Oh yeah. I've I've always been like I've I've got a lot of tattoos that have to do with like Fibonacci oh, nice. sequence, yeah, DNA molecule. Like I'm just all about like researching. I guess like a seeker of truth, the seeker of like breaking yeah. down reality to its base level. That's what I've always like. 
like diving into. Same. So, so I'll look into these like conspiracy theories too, like flat earth, like flat earth, like hollow earth. I'm not saying I believe any of them, but it's interesting seeing how like they get these theories and where they come from and stuff. But then applying the scientific method to it. So yeah. 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 So yeah, I, uh, I got my degree in business administration just because it was like a well-rounded degree. You can like do multiple things, do a lot of stuff with it. Yeah. And then, then you you said you got into real estate in Nashville. Mm-hmm. How, yep. How'd you uh, how'd you stumble? How'd you choose chose that or or followed that? Uh, so one of my uh, good friends, Chris, he had got his real estate license a couple of years before I did, and he was like starting a team. This was like when Nashville was just popping off back in 2016. And they were starting like a team of realtors um, at Keller Williams. And he thought, I mean, he thought I was a really good salesperson and stuff like that. He thought I'd be good for the team. So I was, uh, let's see, at the time I was working, um, <laughs> I had like a dog walking business and I was doing Uber. I was kind of like in between jobs at the moment. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll go, I'll come check it out. I'll come interview, like come tour the, tour the building, meet the team and stuff. And so I started off being his like showing assistant at the beginning to where he would have clients like, Hey, this person wants to go see this house tomorrow at four o'clock. He'd give me like a hundred dollars or something to go do that. And then let's say they got a contract on the house. Hey, awesome. We got a contract. I'll give you 15% of my 3% commission. So it's like, wow, I put a few hours in and I made like a few thousand dollars. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, this is pretty sweet. So that's when I got Got started in real estate and then became uh, more than just a showing assistant. I was a buyer's agent and then I started getting my own listings. And yeah, I've been been putting deals together from Memphis to Knoxville ever since. Cool. Yeah. Do you ever do commercial deals? Mostly I, residential? I, What's I, your... I've, I've got a couple of commercial agents I work with. I've never done a full like contract myself. I've like referred clients that want to do a commercial deal to commercial agents to deal with that solely just because I wanted to like learn the process first, like from commercial agents that were doing it for a lot longer. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't done many commercial deals, mostly residential and land stuff like that. How much land like vacant lot type stuff? How much of that did you deal with when you were in Nashville? Uh, so I worked with a builder. So uh, I linked up with a builder. He was actually my first online lead in 2016 that I met up with, and I helped him acquire a a condo in uh, Bellevue, Tennessee, which is like West Nashville. And after that, like everything went smooth with the process. And he told me, uh, "Hey, like I'm a builder as well, not only just an investor. So any like vacant lots you can find for me, you know." I'll, you'll get the deal on the land sale and I'll let you list the new construction home. So that's how I got started. Nice. So, yeah. So the, the investors and builders, I mean, they're always looking for land at mm-hmm. all times, but then I'll also help like families and individuals, you know, <clears throat> find, find homes as well. Would you say that the builder or the commercial, <clears throat> well, I guess the builder perspective, uh, do you, would you say that's a, that's a path that, you'll make more money in than like selling. Cause I mean, selling it to selling it to families, you kind of have to 
work on what they got going on too mm-hmm. are they able to afford what they got right going on? right and do they like it you know, right you can right. spend all this time with this person that it's gonna buy it but at the end if the bathroom's not the right shape that they want mm-hmm. they're gonna back out a builder yeah. yeah i'll put it this way being a buyer's agent where you're just working with buyers where you're showing a family like multiple homes it's a lot of work in that so there's a term in real estate called uh you've got a list to last because like when you're listing the home i mean you're not you know you're not going all over town you meet with the client you most of your stuff is like marketing and stuff like that, like from your phone, from your laptop, calling other agents and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I'll, most, if you're a listing agent, you're, you're usually going to sell that home. But when you're working with a buyer, like you said, this family, uh, we didn't, like you said, we didn't like the bathroom. You showed them 30 homes. You spent months with them. And then, oh, never mind. My husband just got transferred out of state. We're not even looking at Nashville anymore. So you'll spend a lot of time with a, with a client as a buyer's agent. It might not turn into anything. So yeah. that's why they say you've got a list to last yeah. because listings usually sell. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Nice. I, uh, I want to dig a little deeper here on you and kind of shift gears a little bit. What are some of the things, whether it's career, life, hobbies, music, passion, what are some of the things that you find meaningful in your own life? Hmm. What do I find meaningful? Uh, what I've learned in recent years, uh, family is the most, most meaningful to me. It's one of the main reasons why I moved back to Jackson is to help some of my aging family members. And, uh, yeah, pretty much, I mean, health and wellness and family that's that's pretty much the most meaningful things to me and then everything else is kind of close to that having fun hanging out with friends but yeah i kind of like i like this paper chasing just to you know be able to make my own schedule you know i don't i'm not out here like like i guess some people get like a taste of like wealth and they just want to keep like hoarding wealth and running after that. But I like, I like just making enough to where I can like do what I want to do when I want to do it and also help those around me. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. For us is family too. Most definitely for me, it's family health and wealth. Um, but for me, family is a big word. Um, and it's a big scale. It's not always blood. Um, good point um for me like i at this point in my life my circle is short little oh yeah i have a small circle um he's he's family to me bro he's not blood he's hermano he's my brother oh yeah um i love him you know as much as i love my sister i spend more time with him than my sister i mean i don't love my sister um but he's helped me out more and like i can't go to my sister and tell her like i got these problems you know yeah she'll listen but like she's not on the same wavelength as i am doesn't mean that if she gets in trouble or i i I will die for my sister as much as she would die for me you know because we're blood same as you know i'm not saying he'd die for me but i, like, would, I know yeah i would I, okay cool i would too because that's my that's my <laughs> own boy bro say, the, the list of people i would die for is very small indeed same. you know, you know but, people same. would be like oh i would die for you know no. not any stranger off the street nah man i ain't taking a bullet for nobody i don't know that's right that's right so like i've i've developed my own family with like 
Gilbert, he's another big part of my life, man. He's, oh, he's, Gilbert's hermano, indeed. Yeah, you're becoming you're becoming um hermano because like I see the love and, and the you're a genuine person. You just want to portray or you want to put out love, um um into the world. Um, and so like sometimes you guys pick me up. Like I keep saying it, but pickleball. Sometimes, I, most of the times, I have like. I'm so busy, bro, Monday through Wednesday, and, like, there's no time for me, bro, there's no time for me, it's always other people sucking energy out of me, because at work, I'm needed as as a leader, I'm, you know, this and that, blah, 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 all this and that, and, like, when I get around you guys, I can, like, you guys help me derail or de all this negative energy, because mm-hmm. I'm laughing, I'm having fun, I'm, I'm, physically doing a sport so it's getting oh, my, yeah. my anger out All on hitting the ball you know running mm-hmm. so like i i i do uh, uh hanging out with the group we hung out yesterday i consider those people friends um um so our friends and family so for me family is a big thing um it, family could be blood it could be non-blood oh um, yeah for me. yeah once you've bonded with someone <laughs> enough yeah they pretty much become your family as well most definitely do yeah Especially when we're uh, arguing whether or not the pickleball was in or out. Did you check look, the replay? We looked at the video, bro. Check this out. We looked at, <laughs> look, Gilbert went home that night, and, and I'm sitting in bed, and all I hear is ding, ding, ding. I heard it at the same and time. And I look at, I look at my phone, and I'm like, Gilbert, that is late as hell. What? And this dude has sent us videos of him literally looking at looking at the line, seeing the ball hit the line, and him be like, "It's out, <laughs> dude." It's going so fast, you know. Like the ball is going so fast, and it's crossing the line. It sometimes. was the lighting. No, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't try to dust about in the video. I was like, "All right, I was wrong on that one." But that second clip, that one was definitely it was close. Out. It, was it was close. It, it was a lot closer. Yeah, yeah. But that first one was blatantly in. I I, I will admit to it. It was. Absolutely inbounds. I'm like, damn. <laughs> but I love the camera aspect of it. Very now. great. Very yeah. great. Right. We need. We talked about buying another GoPro and putting it on the other uh, side. And on the ground. We and, need one ground level. Right, that right, way right. Because literally the angle could, yeah, you know. But it's easier camera. to see it. It's easier. I think it's it's a better view from up top than well. It's not even up top top. It's like it's you're like still looking quarter, down. It's like though, a three quarter. Other angle. than being more like level. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna get a better view a little higher than you will a little lower. Dude, that is so funny that he got the replay on you. Oh, Especially bro. that I look back in the camera and I said, "You saw that." It was out. Uh, yeah, and I was like, and you can hear Gilbert on the back on the on the side. He's like, "Oh, cheating!" Oh, cheating. <laughs> oh, oh, that made me feel so. I was like, "They're not going to invite me back to pickleball." Game. <laughs> that was the no, worst. No. That was the worst call in pickleball history, oh, bro. Shit. When I usually look, when I. When I don't see it and I think it might have, I just call it, I just call it to, if it's, if it was in and I didn't see it, I'm just going to call it in. If it was out and I, I didn't see it a hundred percent, I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it to the benefit of the other team. Cause I wasn't on my tip. Now, don't get me wrong. I probably have had those times where I've called it incorrectly. Most, we, we, most, all have, we all, yeah, certainly. Yeah. we all certainly, so we weren't tripping about it. We no, knew it was like, no, and eighty percent of the night, I did the same thing you did. Like, if if I couldn't tell, I usually gave it to the other team. So yeah. that's how I play. That's fair sports. Or, re- or we'll, we'll replay it. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna bring a laptop out there. To <laughs> load the SD card up. 
Dude, oh, but man. we didn't look bad. Well, so the next day I went over to his house and we watched them. We watched like all different, the, all of them that he recorded, and um, and we were killing it, dude. We dude, were, there were some clips where there were some shots made. I was like, wow, those are pretty decent, dude. Who, who was the one that like rolled on the ground? Was that you? No, that, that like, was Gilbert. Gilbert that like dude, did that ninja, ninja roll. He, he slowed yeah. it down. Yeah. I, I missed that play. I I think I was playing on Dude, my phone he, or something. Dude, he hit it. He hit it so hard and so low that the only way for him to like land right without busting his ass was like to do like a back back. I guess what would you call that? Right. He like landed on his back and he just twirled on the ground back, but then he landed so perfectly where he just stood back up. Right. Like, nice. That is pretty good. Nice. Yeah, we're getting better, guys. We're, we're getting, getting we're, we're getting, getting ready. Getting we're gonna be on the Instagram pickle, official pickleball reel here soon. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, yeah. we're we gonna getting be ready. Up, yeah, we're gonna be doing our own tournaments. Yep, it'll be good stuff. Oh, dude, especially with this pickle barn thing, where you know they're charging what twenty dollars for two hours or something. I think he said twenty dollars for two hours. God, man, you were talking about building a warehouse. I mean, we build we build something where, like you said, you come in, do your artistic stuff, you do. Play pickleball. Play pickleball. You got all these things, and it's like it's like they had something like that in uh, Nashville, where it was just like a like a, a warehouse. It's a creative like collective. I think where, I've like, seen I've seen yeah. it on I've seen it advertised on yeah. uh, on. You come in and just work on your Facebook. craft with other people that are uh-huh. doing the same things as you, and you well, just pay it, like a membership. Fee I think to it's come. always great to have like a physical. Like if I'm gonna have a warehouse where we're gonna be mentally doing art stuff and well physically too because you're doing it physically, but it's always good to get those juices rolling with exercise. Absolutely, mm-hmm. getting exercise blood flow to you. your body, getting blood flow to your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it helps. Oh, definitely. Well, DJ, is there anything you want to let the people know about? Anything you want to plug in? Uh, let's see. What are we plugging? Um. Where to find you? Anything cool coming up? Let's see. Yeah, anyone in Jackson that is wanting to host or see or be a part of an EDM show, I would love to connect with you because I want to get some good vibes going. I want to have a pickleball gathering where we've got some EDM music playing with the tournament. I'll do some free DJing lessons if you ever want to learn how to mix. Dude, yeah, that would be cool. So, Perfect. Um, yeah. Where could they find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram at uh, full underscore AOG. That's probably the best place to connect with okay, me at. Cool. cool. Yeah. And I, I've got a couple names that I'll link you up with as well on that. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Dude, thanks for coming yeah. today. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. This is fun. Absolutely. Well, uh, I... Hold really on, we enjoyed, didn't oh. we didn't ask him the one question we ask everybody. Oh, oh. oh. so if you were in Star Wars <laughs> and you didn't have you you watch Star Wars, right? Absolutely. Okay. Just had to ask. Some people I know. Yeah, people some have people it. have never seen so, it. All right, if you were in Star Wars and you weren't or couldn't be like a Jedi or like somebody that had powers like that, okay, but you could be anything in the game or in the movie in, in the, the world in the world in the, yeah. world, in the universe in the universe. What would you be? If you couldn't be a Jedi, but no. you could be anything else, you're yeah. just a regular dude. Just a regular dude, or a regular. Yeah, I'd be a che- I'd be a Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Yeah. Okay. okay. But what job oh, would you have? What job would you have as a Chewbacca? Uh, I'd be a DJ. I'd be a Chewbacca DJ. I like Hell that. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Cool. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs>
Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Hell brother. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. All right, Peace everybody. Out. Thanks for tuning in. With Jafet. And David. And DJ. and DJ. See y'all.